Hey guys, what's up? This is Jacques. Welcome back to Unpopular. I've got a good show today, a lot of housewives stuff, a few other topics. Uh, I know I told you that I was trying to make my episodes shorter, but my friend Cho came on today and we could not stop talking. We got into the Housewives of Potomac and Beverly Hills, the latest Trisha Paytas scandal, which is crazy. The whole Nicki Minaj swollen balls vaccine drama, we dug into that. We actually talked so much that I had to cut out a few topics. We got into like AOC's Met Gala dress and stuff, but we cut that out. And, you know, he's been on my show before, so you guys will like him. He's very astute and just has interesting perspectives on things. I was going to recap Salt Lake City for you, but honestly, I checked Twitter and it's like, it didn't look like that much is going on. I mean, we're just waiting for the feds to catch Jen Shah, right? There was one clip that I did see, though, that is worth talking about. So, Heather, who I really like Heather, I actually thought maybe I would turn on Heather this season because she's sort of came off like a villain at that reunion, but no, I actually still really like Heather. So, Heather uh, confronts Jen Shah about calling her a racist on social media, and Jen was such a bitch about it. Like, she didn't even seem remorseful, and she acted like it was deserved and that it was fine for her to do because the women had called her aggressive at the reunion, even though she actually was aggressive, like, extremely aggressive, like, one of the most aggressive housewives we've ever seen. I actually think Jen is racist because she's not even black. Mary is the one black woman on the cast, but then Jen tries to act like she's the only POC on the show. And it's like she almost tries to co-opt the black experience and apply it to herself in many different ways, just by um, the way that she calls everyone racist, just the the, uh, vernacular and stuff that she uses in her confessionals, just a lot of things. It's it's weird. She also called Heather Honey Boo Boo as well, but then lied about it, even though Heather had the text to prove that she called her Honey Boo Boo. Uh, to be honest, I mean, Heather should take that one as a compliment because Honey Boo Boo is my girl and being compared to her is flattering. So we love that. Love that for you, Heather. Uh, I'm just interested to see how, how in the hell... Heather ends up being friends with Jen after all that Jen has done to her. It's so bizarre, but I mean, we've all had toxic friends, right? And we stick by them too long. Like maybe Heather's actually scared of her. Like I've had that before where some people in your life, they are so wacky and toxic that you kind of just stick by them out of fear and you don't want them like turning on you, especially publicly. So maybe that's what's going on. Anyway, uh, moving on, they have not started filming the next season of The Real Housewives of Atlanta yet. I don't understand why. I don't get why it's been on hiatus this long. Like, last season was fine to me. Like, yeah, it started off boring, and then the second half was good. Um, Hardly anything to justify this long of a hiatus. Uh, So, I'm confused. Uh, There is rumours going around about the casting. One is that Sheree is back. The other is that Marlo is being upgraded to a full-time housewife. Finally... Obviously, we're praying that those two things are true. Someone sent me a photo of some plastic surgeon that just did Sheree's fillers, and she looked fucking phenomenal. And it made me think that maybe she is getting ready to film again if she's getting her face filled up. So, fingers crossed on that. There is also some reports that Portia has left the show to focus on her spinoff. I cannot believe she got a spinoff, by the way, and I'm probably going to say that every time I talk about this, because I really can't believe they gave her, like, this eight-episode spin-off. But um, I am hoping that she's just off the show. I can't stand her, although Page Six did say the other day that she's still in negotiation. So, who knows what's going to happen with that? Just, Lord Jesus, 
please get rid of Portia. Like, I can't take another season of her lying and calculating. And she has a memoir coming out, which is all about how she went from a struggling wag to a successful activist. So we're going to have to hear about that. It's going to be so boring. And obviously, Bravo have given her this, like, Kim Zolciak-style don't-be-tidy spin-off. So I don't even know what Portia would actually be bringing to the Housewives of Atlanta. Like, what's she going to do? Because she's going to have this spinoff with all these fake storylines and, like, you know, funny sitcom hijinks. And then on Atlanta, she'll be avoiding drama because obviously she's created this new social justice persona for herself and she pretends that she's not into, you know, having drama and stuff anymore and just lies about everything. So, like, sorry, what's the point? Like, what is she going to bring? Like, more f- more fake storylines? So, you're going to have to watch fakes, fake Porsche on Atlanta and then fake Porsche on the spinoff? Just let her have the spinoff and her dumbass fans can go watch her on that, just like with LVP and Overserved and Vanderpump Dogs and stuff. Just just let her go off and do her own thing. Um the Real Housewives of New York reunion was cancelled. If you subscribe to my Patreon, I broke that news a long time ago. But then after I actually broke that on my Patreon, like a week later, Bravo backpedaled. And then they said that they were going to do a reunion and that they were trying to make it happen. And then they went and cancelled it again officially. So... Uh, it's cancelled. There's a lot of ridiculous conspiracies going around about the reunion among the Bravo fans. Like, you know, all this stuff about, like, Bravo's protecting Ramona and she's so problematic and, you know, um, they just want to protect the, the girls' trip spin-off because Ramona's on it. And it's just like, it's not true, but whatever. Let the woke Bravo fans think what they want. Nobody, literally nobody outside of Housewives fans on Twitter and Instagram even remembers that Ramona was problematic during that season. Like, watching it at the time, I remember some of the episodes I was thinking, God, how's, you know, Ramona going to bounce back from this? That was pretty bad. And then, like, two episodes later, it's like, hang on, wait, like, what did Ramona do? Like, you can't even remember. I mean, we're all watching Salt Lake and... And uh, Beverly Hills now. So, you know, people love to um, come up with any excuse for why New York didn't work instead of just uh, acknowledging the the obvious problem with that season. Um, So, did you guys see Garcelle on Beverly Hills last episode? I am going to start calling her Vandersell because now she's moving into the I'm the victim phase, which is, you know, what you do once people start calling you out on your shit, once they clock you for being shady, then suddenly um, I'm an outsider, I'm being bullied. So that's what Garcelle's doing now. So what happens in this scene, right, is that the ladies confront Garcelle because she gave this interview in the press saying that all the women were coming for her, which is not true. And Obviously, by Garcelle saying that, it feeds into the fan conspiracy theories that, you know, she's the new victim of the Fox Force 5, blah, blah, blah. And it's funny because I said this on my- I've said this on the podcast ages ago. I said Garcelle's very paranoid and she does always think that, like, people are coming for her. And uh, I remember hearing that re- that uh, interview she gave at the time and thinking, this is crazy because, like, no one is going to be coming for you. Like, and they haven't because now we're watching the season and, like- it's not a gang up or anything. But even when I saw that interview at the time, it registered in my head. And I'm like, this is not true. Like, no one's coming for you. And then to see it addressed on the show is is really funny. So, I feel like I had the, the correct reading on that. So, the ladies kind of confront her and they're like, you know, why did you say we're coming for you? Like, no one's coming for you. And then Garcelle goes, well, you know, Dorit came for me last week, referring to um, their clash that they had when Dorit said she was a bully for jabbing her all the time. It's like, first of all, Dorit coming for you 
versus everyone is coming for me are like two very different things. So she should have just said in the, the interview, oh, I'm not getting along with one of the girls, but, you know, it's an exciting season or something like that instead of going, they're all coming for me, but I'm, you know, coming for them back because, again, she's fueling this f- stupid Fox Force 5 conspiracy of um, their mean girls and they, they have a new target and Garcelle's the target this season, you know, because the fans have just all these stupid theories. So she was feeding into that. Either doing it intentionally and calculated like LVP or maybe she just perceives it that way because people that do have very big egos and sort of victim complexes, they tend to do that. So, I'm not sure how planned it is or not. But um, also, Dorit wasn't coming for her. Like, Garcelle was jabbing, so Dorit called her on it. So, it's actually more accurate to say Garcelle was coming for Dorit since Garcelle was um, the aggressor originally and then Dorit is the responder. It's like... Also on my, by the way, just side note, uh, my last Patreon I talked about Below Deck Mediterranean and the situation with, like, Chef Matt and Lexi, if you're watching that, and I switched to Team Lexi on the last episode because Lexi was minding her own business. I know she's been a nightmare on the show, but she's been cool, and then Chef Matt started poking at her at that dinner, and then she reacted and, you know, went hard at Chef Matt. But I was like Team Lexi because I'm like, well, Matt started it. So, bitch, if you're the aggressor and you're starting it, then you're the one that's coming for that person. So, whatever. Garcelle's putting a twist on it. Um, And also, so Garcelle's coming for Dorit. Garcelle's been coming for Lisa Rinna. Like, how many times has she sat Lisa Rinna down and tried to make a fight? Oh, she's been coming for Kyle too. Look at that. Looks like Garcelle's coming for everyone. And then she's shocked that uh, she's not being accepted into the group. So Garcelle gets extremely defensive, as she always does. And she's like, I can't have an opinion, like, straight away. And then she sounds like Kelly Dodd. Like, when Kelly Dodd says something offensive and she's like, why can't anyone have an opinion? Uh, That's what Garcelle sounded like. And... Yes, she says she feels like an outsider in the group and she's getting emotional. That's how I feel. Nobody sticks up for me. I feel like an outsider. It's like, girl, like no one sticks up for you, A, because you're in the wrong constantly and everyone can see it. And they're actually treating you with kid gloves because if anyone else was exhibiting this same behavior, they would be getting copying it way worse. So you they're actually letting you off quite easy compared to other girls on the show. Uh, everyone sees you being jabby and stabby and shady, you know, and you poke the cast and then you wonder why you're not as close with them as the other girls and boohoo poor me. Like it's such a joke. And also Garcelle, Garcelle's the only one that does this. She's always talking about um they're on one side and we're on this side. It's me and Sutton and then the Fox Force Five. It's like you're excluding yourself. Like you're the one that gets in your head about this. If you weren't being like jabby to them all the time and were just like being real, like you would totally be integrated in their friendship circle. Like it's not that deep. Um And let me clarify this thing as well, because the Beverly Hills fans are so stupid and they're just not understanding facts. Saying something to someone's face in, like, good faith is like, you know, you sit them down one-on-one and you go, XYZ, this is how XYZ made me feel. It's not being in group settings and then taking digs and jabs from the side, you know, whenever you can. Like, that's, like, passive-aggressive and putting people down. And, like, that's what Garcelle was doing to Dorit. Garcelle never, like, took Dorit aside and said, oh, you know, I feel like this, but I really want to work on our friendship. You know what I mean? So, people are like, uh, Garcelle does say it to her face. It's like, well, not really. She takes jabs. It's very different. Um, But, 
like, Garcelle's so shady that even when she actually sat Rinna down privately, which is the right approach, right? You sit them down privately to talk about the friendship. The grievances that she had with Rinna didn't even make sense. Uh, and Rinna knew it. And that's why, you know, Rinna kept diffusing it because she could see that Garcelle was like reaching for a storyline. And in one of Dorit's confessionals, she says something about she was sort of talking in riddles because they can't break the fourth wall, but she was basically saying Garcelle's doing these things because she thinks it makes it more interesting for the show and that she needs to just sort of be herself and, and not do this, uh, which is the the correct reading on it. And I have some more evidence on Garcelle's bullshit if anyone needs it, and I'm going to link this clip in the show notes so you can watch it and you can go, oh, my God, so Jacques was right about Garcelle. So Garcelle was on The Real. This was an old clip from earlier this year, but it started recirculating now. And she tries to call out Lonnie Love for FaceTiming her too much without asking. It was very jabby and shady and comes out of, like, left field. It's like someone's just plucking something out of thin air to have an issue with you. And Lonnie caught it and Lonnie clapped right back at her and was not taking any of that shit. And like, you know, Garcelle's trying to make this an issue. Like, you know, I could have been in the shower. Why are you FaceTiming me without asking? It's not cool. And Lonnie's like, uh, just don't pick up. And it was very awkward. Like, she shuts, Lonnie shut her all the way down. And it was very tense and awkward. I'm going to link the clip, like I said. And it's a bit of a smoking gun because it shows that this is something that Garcelle does to people, not just on Beverly Hills, but this is just the way she operates. And thank God it happened on The Real, because when it happens on Beverly Hills, then you all say it's racism and that she's being ostracized because she's she's black. She's a bl- And... Then on the real, you can't say that because it's Lonnie Love. So that was very interesting and I feel just sums it up. And I feel, to be honest, when that clip started circulating, I saw more people were kind of going, yeah, Garcelle does do this, which has come a long way from before when people, like, remember when Garcelle was jabbing at Dorit and then she admitted on the after show that she was, but then the fans on Twitter are still like, Garcelle's not saying anything to Dorit. It's like Garcelle even admitted it in her after show thing. Like, you're that delusional. But there's actually been a little movement now in terms of the Beverly Hills fans being able to kind of acknowledge what's happening in the real world. So that's interesting. And... uh also on Beverly Hills, Crystal, she has said that she doesn't feel like an outsider in the group. And then on the after show, she backed up Dorit. And I am glad she said that because she is Asian and she's integrated with the girls fine. And it does make it harder for the fans to just say that this is racism, that Garcelle's not getting along with them. Uh, you know, even though, I mean, they're still saying that, but they look kind of more stupid than usual this time. Uh and what they're doing to Crystal now, they're vilifying Crystal also, and they're inventing weird conspiracies about um, Crystal. She's, like, desperate to join the Fox Force 5, so she's turning on Garcelle and backing Erica. Like, just very bonkers, bizarre things that people are saying. And, you know, I know that they're banning anti-vaxxers from social media. Can we ban the Beverly Hills fans, too? Because they are just as unhinged. Erica and Kyle have the mark of the beast and, you know, we have to follow Sutton and Garcelle. It's the only way we can bring about the Great Reset and end this. We're going to storm the Bravo Capitol on December 6th. We won't let them get away. Like, these people are just out of their fucking minds, seriously. Um, Oh, by the way, on the after show, uh, which I usually don't watch it, but I was watching it recently, and Garcelle literally referred 
to the women as the Fox Force 5 by name. So at this point, we know she knows the lingo that the fans use and the Twitter lingo and what people are saying on Instagram. And, you know, she's putting out fake narratives through the media. She's cosplaying as a victim like LVP. She's jabby. She's stabby. You know, enough. And Dorit is 100,000% correct in this feud, which, you know, I usually am not a fan of Dorit's, but... I've got to give it up to Doree. Like, she's really bringing it these last few episodes. She's sort of gone back to her first season vibes. Um, so if only she could keep this energy all the time, then we could stand Dorit again. By the way, I have some Dorit tea about her latest shady business endeavor, but it is on my Patreon. Uh, I didn't want to say it publicly and get sued, and it is allegedly. It's allegedly, but it's uh, really interesting. And yes, I know I keep plugging my Patreon all the time, but I do still get messages a lot on my Instagram, and people go, what's a Patreon? Where can I hear the Patreon episodes? How do I get Patreon? You know, I I post the... um, the links for the Patreon episodes and people go, I didn't hear you talk about this on the show. And I'm like, yes, it's Patreon. It's different. So that's why I mention it all the time. So go to patreon.com slash unpopular JP. You can support the show. It's the same uh, price as a cup of coffee uh, a month and you get bonus episodes. You get the housewife's tea that I don't reveal here and the scoops like stuff about OC. I broke the New York news about the reunion being canceled a long time ago. I've got the Dorit stuff on there. I share personal stories. I talk about other topics. I just went on a Megan Fox rant last episode because people need to leave her the fuck alone. Um, so I cover a lot of stuff on there and it's fun. It's a good way to support the show. By the way, did you guys know it's the Emmys today? Truly nobody cared because I did not hear anything about the Emmys. I didn't know it was the Emmys. I saw like two tweets and I was like, oh, wow, this is on. Uh, there were way more tweets I saw about uh, Housewives of Potomac than the Emmys. And by the way, um, the Potomac Housewives, they beat the VMAs in the ratings. So funny. Um all I saw was the maskless celebrities being waited on by their masked servants, just like the Met Gala. Can we just get some consistency with this, please? I literally got in trouble the other night because I took my dog Chunky outside to pee. It was 10.30 p.m. I live next to, like, an oval, like a huge, like, grassy football sort of oval. N- literally nobody was around. It was at night. It was the fresh air was blowing. And no, I didn't have my mask. I forgot. I was just taking Chunky down to pee quickly. And this like government buggy drove past with these two workers on it. And they yelled at me about, where's my mask? Get back inside. So it's like, okay, so I can't go downstairs for five minutes by myself outside, which is, we know that the virus spreads more like indoors, not really outdoors in the fresh air with no one around. Um, so I can't do that but then like the rich celebrities can be crowded indoors and partying maskless yet all of the service staff have to be masked it's so disgusting can we just have the same rules someone tried to call Whoopi Goldberg out about this on The View and Whoopi and because The View fans are so fucking stupid they were like retweeting this like on Whoopi's side they're that dumb uh And Whoopi was like, you know, we were all tested. Uh, We were tested and we're double vaxxed. It's like, girl, I'm sure you are, but I'm sure the fucking service workers that are there too uh, have been tested fucking five, ten times and are all vaccinated and everything, but they still have to have their masks. So it's one rule for you, one rule for the others. Fuck that. Anyways, let me bring Cho out. We're getting into Potomac, the Nicki Minaj vax stuff, and Trisha Paytas possibly lying about 
being assaulted and being cancelled again and then her fiancé being accused of rape and it's a lot of stuff. So, we get right into it. So, thanks for listening, guys. Hey, guys, I have my good friend back on the pod today. He's a skincare guru, a YouTuber, about a million other things. Please welcome back to the show, Cho. Hello, everybody. <laughs> you know, I realize that even though we're friends, I don't even know what your actual real name is. Like, what is your actual name? I only know you as Cho. So, I don't give out that information, actually. Oh. I'm, a, I'm an enigma on, on the internet. No one knows my, my real name. That's actually really smart. I wish I was an enigma mm-hmm. on, on the internet. <laughs> well, so, I only did that because I started my online career, in quotation marks, on Twitch as a gamer. I'm a gamer at heart. So, I can say that gamers are super fucking toxic, mm. and we swap, we swap bitches left and right. I don't know if you know what swatting is, but we swap the girls. Um, and I'm not trying to get swatted in my big, beautiful house with my two pit bull dogs. No, I, that's really smart. Like it, it is, I feel a lot of the times, and sometimes it's actually good for me that I have my name and like I'm verified because it actually stops me from going because I've had my like secret alts before and yeah. you really feel like you can like wild out on there and like be quite toxic. Whereas like at yeah. least having my face out there, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like I hold myself accountable, but um. We're going to talk about the latest Trisha Paytas stuff because you're like my Trisha, you're my Trisha Paytas correspondent. I'm the, I'm the Trisha Paytas correspondent yes. on a popular podcast. I love that. But uh, before we get into that, I just want to ask a few housewives questions because oh, yeah. you're a Potomac stan, right? I am. Are you a day one watcher? Like, did you watch from season one? Oh, yeah. It was all about season one was so different from the the, the other seasons because it. I, I think it was like supposed to be all about etiquette and it was if you watch season one it was all about etiquette and just mannerisms and etc cetera, etc cetera. i loved katie she was my favorite yes and then i also loved um I loved Ashley, too. Me, too. I thought, and you know what? Usually, I don't side with the young girls because they can be annoying. But on that season, I was like, Katie and Ashley are my girls. I did like Karen, too. Like, I really became a Karen stan more season two, but I did like her season one. But Katie and Ashley were where it was Easily. At. Easily. And um, I love that you're a fan from the beginning, by the way, because Potomac has a lot of, like, bandwagon fans that only, you know, got into it, like, season three, four. And it's kind just- of annoying. People that have not been watching since day one, they don't really appreciate Robin. But, like, remember that Robin was, like, she almost got choked out by an umbrella by Monique. <laughs> she almost, like, beat Ashley down season two. I mean, like, Robin used to give the girls, like, drama. She's a little boring now, but, like, I used to love Robin, like, the first several seasons. I'm very conflicted on Robin. I don't mind... I don't mind the boring voice of Reason Housewife. Like, a lot of the shows, I actually will stand the boring one. Like, even Cynthia on Atlanta. Like, I'm sort of done with Cynthia at this point, but I did ride with Cynthia for a long time. Loved Eileen on Beverly Hills. Robin, I'm just like, enough. You're the only Giselle stand that I know, I think. Like, you love Giselle, right? I love Giselle. Now, I, I love her as the villain of the show. I love her, but like, I think she's beautiful. I think she's gorgeous. I think that she is that friend that we all have that's going to ask you the hard questions. She's going to ask you, hey, 
are you happy in this in your marriage? You know, don't be so depressed. You're not going to satisfy your husband. Like she's that agree good that. Judy who's going to give you the harsh criticism and know that she can be shady and be real with you and ask you those tough questions. And quite frankly, I can be that friend in my relationships. So I tend to relate to Giselle a little bit. I think she was totally right when she was saying to Robin, like, bitch, you can't be in bed at, like, 1pm with your hot-ass husband. Like, get it together. Like, Of course. Pe- people try to drag her for that and be like, she needs to be more understanding. It's like, no, girl. Like, if you have have this hunk of man, like, waiting at home, like, mm-hmm. like get it together, you know? <laughs> agreed. 100% agreed. <laughs> um, and are you enjoying her getting dragged for her fake relationship? Continue. <laughs> so I, I am enjoying that. Uh, Giselle is very calculated, okay, when it comes to the storylines. And I think that she has seen what has happened to everyone else with their relationships being out in the open. And ever since she dated Herman, I think his name was, she oh, yeah. saw how – I think she was genuine about Herman. And she saw how Karen tried to Karen and Monique just calling it like I see it. Yeah, they really went after her relationship, and I think from that point on, she vowed to never put her relationship out there on the That's show. That's interesting. I never thought of that because I just was like, oh, she's a liar. It's just for TV. But now I can actually maybe that's why yeah. things weren't adding up because she's like, no, I just don't want to expose this fully but then obviously she has to to a certain extent because i mean she wants to stay on the show so it's like this weird thing of like how much do i give them okay i think and i think the thing with jamal is like it was an easy relationship to fake it was a very easy one because that's like her ex-husband it's you know her baby daddy so of course if she's just like hey dude i need this to keep the check for our family he's not going to say no Mm. do you know what i mean so it, it was easy for her to fake but then she got clocked but and, I, I love Giselle. But how can you... Okay, how do you stand Giselle with her messiness, but you hate Lisa Rinna, who is like the messy queen of Beverly Hills? So, okay, let me explain that rationale. The reason why I don't like Rinna is because she picks and chooses when she abides by her own rules. Giselle is messy all the time. To her friends, to her enemies... To everybody. Rena picks and chooses. Now, I am going to give Rena a little bit of a pass on this current season. I think she really got a lot of negative feedback from last season, more than she's ever gotten before, which I think is kind of ridiculous. I mean, I I hate Rena for the things she did to like Yolanda um, more than what she did to Denise. So I think that Rena is course correcting this season. Like, she hasn't done much of anything. Well, I one, I think that Rina genuinely is f- very good friends with Erica, so she's standing by her. Like, I think that's genuine. And Agreed. She does course correct, and it's not the first time she's done it. She's done it once or twice before, but it's also like- the thing about Potomac is all the girls are messy. With Beverly Hills, it's kind of the opposite. Like, you'll get one or two messy girls a season. So, Rina will stand up and she will go there and she will ask those hard questions, which I don't think she comes in faking things. With the new- I think the Munchausen thing was – that was faked a bit. Uh, but I think Kyle and Lisa Vanderpump were largely behind that, like Rina said. But Rina was newer to the show, so she kind of got played. Right. Um, and hung out to dry from the veterans. And also, I don't want to turn this into like conspiracy theory central but allegedly the munchausen was fake for her divorce proceedings oh okay that's i will send you the link to all the receipts 
But allegedly, got to use that word, allegedly, Yolanda came up with that Munchausen thing because in a divorce, I think she had a prenup. And in order to subvert a prenup, I'm into law. I'm into law stuff and business. I get this stuff. But in order to subvert a prenup, you have to have these extenuating circumstances. And to divorce your wife that's having like a life-crushing ailment is one way to get out of a prenup. Oh, my God. I've never heard this theory. That actually makes so much fucking sense. I'll send you, I'll send you the link. Don't worry. And it makes more sense why it was bothering Vanderpump and Kyle and stuff so much. They knew. They knew. And they must have they must have all known. And I knew that Rina kind of got set up with that one a bit. Uh, totally set up. As a, yeah. as a friend, you still don't call your friend out like that. So I understand hating Rina, Lisa, and Kyle for that. But the T is... Allegedly, it was Munchausen. <laughs> okay, I need to fake. Yeah, okay, that's amazing. Um, okay, so back on Potomac, right? So this thing yeah. with Giselle and Wendy. Do you think Wendy's over? All right, if you're not watching the show, let me explain what happened. Basically, it's actually not that deep. Uh, some of the blogs were talking as they do. I think this was all about the tea, which I'm sort of. I know the girl that runs that. That's the messiest blog out there. That blog is, is very like. <laughs> You know, the the era of, like, the Perez Hilton and the Sandra Rose-type messy blogs is over, except all about the tea is, like, bro- is, like, doing, like, is blogging like it's still 2005. Right. Um, <laughs> right. The shade. It's true, it, though. It's true. It's a mess, but we love it. And, uh, and they ran some stories about Wendy's man cheating. I don't know if they're true or not, but Giselle and Ashley kind of brought them up on camera together. They talked about it in a scene and then they asked Wendy about it. Then Wendy flipped the fuck out, like even at the one mention of it and has kind of gone nuclear on the girls. And I guess people are divided. Some people think Wendy's overreacting. Other people think that Giselle's just messy as fuck and that Wendy's justified. Now, in my opinion, and I'm not a wet, like I actually can't stand Wendy. Uh, I think she's an elitist. I think she's like a fake. I just, the list goes on and on. But I feel for her because it's like, if you talk about my man in my, and my marriage, my family, even right. a shred, I'm coming for you. And especially with someone like Giselle who has a history of doing this and being messy, even if like Giselle's claiming that she wasn't being messy with this, like she is swearing up and down. And maybe that's true. But it's like your history, we're going to give you the side eye, whatever you do, regardless. So, yeah, how do you feel? I have a very, very nuanced take on this. Like so many things in life, I have a very nuanced take. On one hand, Giselle was totally being messy because what she should have done is sent Wendy a text message is what she should have done because that's what friends do. On the other hand, we have seen Giselle throw shade. And usually when she's throwing shade, you see it coming. Like it's not a shocker or a surprise. So I don't know what I don't know what to believe. I, I do think that her history precedes her. And it's easy to say that she was being very messy. And I think that if they were truly friends, she would have never brought it up on camera. But again, Giselle is one of those people who's going to tell you to your face, like, hey, there's a rumor out here. Is it true? Yeah. And you're also, you're doing a show. So, I mean, that is that weird line of that you're walking off like, okay, do I do you a solid and tell you under the table or do I adhere to my job, which is to make a good show and be real on camera and stuff? Uh, 
I have, yeah, I found myself being team Wendy with that. Even if Wendy's overreacting, I'm like, at the end of the day, it's my family. So, if you try it. Uh, some people think Wendy's f- Wendy's faking it to have a storyline, which is another theory. They think she's overreacting think so. on purpose. I, I think she think so really either. went, I think she really flipped. But one yeah. thing I will say is that she owes Monique an apology. ASAP. <laughs> Giselle or Wendy? No, Wendy does. Because all that holier than thou, well, if it's not true, why are you so upset about people talking about your marriage? <laughs> da, 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 da. Girl, it's been one season, and here you are threatening Giselle with physical violence. Oh my god, period. That is so. I didn't even think of that either. Like, That's what? Yeah, exactly. So now it's like, okay, now you know how Monique felt. Are you a Monique yeah. stan? Because I was, I was, look, I was riding with Monique all last season, hardcore. Looking back at it, like, I still love Monique, but like, it was more of a gray area. I'm disappointed in her because I think that she should have had the energy that she did, but it should have been for Sharice and um, her ex-best friend, not Candace. Candace was not the one peddling the rumors about her family. Mm. In fact, when I'm such a Potomac stance, so I know all the insider yeah. background information, but Candace even defended her when the group had that dinner discussing the rumors and she said i will not participate in this and it's not true and that was that so all that energy monique had for candace should have been directed at sharice and her ex-best friend that was actually spreading the rumor about her family i think partially she didn't want to go there with them because it's like who knows what's going to come out i agree (laughs) i I think yeah, I think that she was taking her frustrations out on Candace, and she didn't want to attack the direct source because it would give more credence to the yeah. rumors. But, you know, Candace is one of those girls that she will get under your skin to take you to that place with everyone. So, I kind of got that, and it was, it was like just the amount of shit Candace was talking, and then it She's was She's the like, Kenya Moore she- of Potomac. Yeah, she's not as good as Kenya. But no. look, where, where are you on Candace overall? Because it's interesting. I felt like the tide was turning and that people, a lot of people actually were becoming Team Candace. I felt like, like we were, everyone was like hardcore Team Monique. But I think during the gap of the season, we were getting more of a like, people were softening to Candace. And now I feel like people are switching back and they're really going anti Candace again when I check social media and they feel like she's going too low. With Ashley, I I don't really. I think this is a bit of fake outrage. With the oh, how can Candace say that? Because it's like I don't know. They all take low blows. Like yes, Candace they is all take low blows, and, and Ashley the- is messy as fuck. I got to say because the thing is like yeah. Candace has really sort of gone off on Ashley because she saw Ashley come in and drop the bomb about Wendy. But it's like, Ashley is like, Ashley's my girl. Like, I love Ashley. But she's like the messiest one on there, like beyond. Mm -hmm. And um, and so I'm just like, oh, I think Candace is kind of right, you know. Well, they're both right, you know. Like, I don't have a team. They're both 100% right. I think Candace is a spoiled brat. I do think she's a spoiled brat. Mm. I do like her a lot, though. And I think that her mouth being so strong is the best thing about her. Um, while she is antagonistic, I never think that people should put their hands on anyone else or get physically violent with them. But at the same time, Candace does rile people up. <laughs> well, Candace is that girl that even people that are like, I don't condone violence, they're like, but because she's that annoying. Like, exactly. <laughs> she'll really take you there. It's like, bitch. And also, shut the fuck up. 
you know, you have to realize that we live in a world where everyone doesn't have your same standard of ethics. You cannot go to a, a snake pit and ask the snakes to not bite you because it's not right to bite other people. Like, people are going to yeah. bite you. Like, and, you know, I, I think Candace this season, I actually find her to be a bit on an island. Like, it feels like she's quite separated from the girls and it's more about what she's doing with her career and her music. And, like, I kind of – I wouldn't – want Candace off the show forever, but I think it's kind of maybe after this season time to, like, rest Candace a bit and then yeah. bring her back. Like, I would actually like- I mean, I think Monique's done with the show because she's spoken out and she's like- I think she turned down All Stars and she turned down- She did. Yeah, which is- so, she's really pissed. Like, if she turned out All Stars, well, she's fucking pissed at Bravo. So, she's also but- really rich, too. And and I think she's doing the YouTube gig. She's become good friends with Funky Dineva. I don't know if you know yeah, him, but- yeah. She's become close friends with a um, a sphere of other um, entertainment bloggers like Tasha Kay, and she has realized that YouTube is where people are making a lot of money, and Funky Dineva makes more money, allegedly, than a lot of the housewives do. And they had discussions on one of their shows together where Monique was like, why am I on Housewives when I could be making a lot more money on YouTube? And she's doing pretty well on YouTube these days, actually. Oh, I've got to check her views because I know, yeah. and I've been trying to book her for my pod. It's just, I've, I've told people about this. It's just been hard with the scheduling and she's got like management because I've talked to her directly, but then you've got to do through her management. It's just really annoying. But with Funky Dineva, right? So, you obviously, you've seen this video, I'm sure, of when Candace went on Funky Show to address oh, yeah. her old homophobic mm-hmm. tweets and mm-hmm. Funky like read her for filth. And I thought that was big of Candace to address that head on and she copped it because Funky was there reading her up and down for filth and Candace sat there and copped it. But Mm -hmm. people are like, because this has been popping up on my timeline again and actually Funky was retweeting the clips of him dragging Candace. I'm like, okay, enough. Because this was like last year and now I feel like people are like rehashing her homophobic tweets now that they're like mad at her again for coming for Ashley. It's like, and let it, it go. Like she It's addressed so unfair it. because even in the clip, and I hate that Funky did that because he did that in the first five minutes of the interview and he just wanted to get it out and then he like, gave her props, congratulated her, and it was actually a really positive interview for her. So for that first five minutes where he's reading her, that wasn't the whole interview. Like he said mostly good things about her. So I feel like he's kind of backpedaling and pussy popping right now, which is well, not maybe because he's friends with Monique, so I think that's why, exactly. <laughs> that's but- why. When I saw that getting rehashed, I just was like, come on, leave Candace alone. Like, she addressed- The tweets weren't even that bad. She was like, queenie gay man. Well, whatever. She was like 20 or something, and she's queenie from a conservative- Queenie gay man, me too. <laughs> okay? Like- <laughs> I'm a queenie gay man, and I hate queenie gay men. Like, so the same. So, there okay. are- Gay men are annoying, period. Like, you know what I mean? But queenie now we said it. Not. But now yeah. we said it. <laughs> <laughs> whether they're masculine, whether they're queenie, like, they mm-hmm. are fucking annoying. Yeah. Um- Okay, last one. Do you like Mia? Because I fucking love Mia. Like, she's confusing sometimes because sometimes it's like, well, I don't get what you're doing, but I also, there's just something very likable about her. Like, I'm really into her. I stand Mia. I cannot, I am salivating, waiting for her to throw salad in Candace's face. Like, I am (laughs) waiting for that moment. Like, there's something her. about her. I don't know what it is. It's just something so likable. Even when she does something messy or you're like, me, it was wrong for that. You just like, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Like, And some people are saying, um, uh, Mia needs to go. She's not delivered enough. It's 
this is really frustrating because now there's a certain level people expect from Housewives where they need to come on the show and instantly, like, be, like, as messy as, like, Kenya was in her first season. Or, like, flip a table. Like, no, it's their first season. They don't. They barely know anyone. Yeah, they've got to get adjusted. Like, people are doing it to Crystal on Beverly Hills at the I moment. I hate that. Crystal has been great this season. Yeah, she's it's amazing. Yeah, so, and you've just got to let people warm up. So, I feel like Mia, Crystal, and some of the other girls will, even, like, Sutton. Sutton is doing so much more this season than she did. I mean, she was a friend last season, but she was featured right. very heavily. Um, and she's doing a lot more this year so you just got to give these girls a little time and actually behind the scene gossip but Sutton was a friend most of this season until I think it was the dinner where Erica was like shut the fuck up yes that's when she became a full-time housewife Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah, Yeah, Mm -hmm. that must have been like, okay, damn, we need and they I mean people I people are I like I mean I like all of them pretty much except Garcelle and semi yeah. Dorit's warming up to me these last couple episodes mm-hmm. but whatever but uh, I think it's a really good cast at the moment oh, yeah. but uh, yeah I mean imagine if they hadn't made Sutton full time because Sutton's like the favorite people are obsessed Can with you imagine? her <laughs> she's like like people like can't get enough of Sutton I'm um, obsessed with her too I think she's great. And I actually invest in Pimco, which is her ex-husband. She's he's the manager of Pimco Investments. So like I feel like I'm a true Sutton stand. <laughs> <laughs> um and okay, so people were up this is on Beverly Hills. So the last episode, right, people were freaking out because Erica told this very outlandish story about like Tom being robbed and then how her son had a car crash. And <laughs> it's okay, so two things about this. Uh It's been semi-debunked since then because I think I saw something on Twitter. The police came out and said that there was no record of Tom being assaulted. But then also... Some of the some of the bloggers and the the podcasters like Talk of Shame, Kiki at Talk of Shame, and then Zach Peter at Unfiltered with Zach Peter. Shout out to Kiki and Zach. They have done their own sort of videos on Instagram, cross checking right. some of her various stories. The recent one and the other one about Tom had some other car crash, and they cross checked a lot of the details. Checked out now, mm-hmm. my. Like more details than you would expect have checked out. Right. So, like it snowed. It did snow. Yeah. So, I think that there's truth to the stories. And I actually think Eric is being fed misinformation from Tom and his team. I don't think Eric is lying herself. And I don't think Erica is stupid enough to come in front of a camera and just make up some wacky story. Like, she's not a dumb, she's not a stupid person. I think she's no. more vulnerable than people realize. Like, maybe that is why also she is so ice cold and stuff because she is protecting she protects herself and that's how she does. Cause I think that I think she's scared cause she doesn't know what's happening with this lawsuit. She's probably very vulnerable. And I think she, Tom's team is feeding her the wrong information cause it works for their version. I think, okay, I'm going to set the record straight and give you my, my nuanced opinion on Erica this mm. season. First of all, I think she's the start of the season. I think she's giving a great performance. Oh, like for sure. she has like- made this season everything and i'm sick of people saying sutton and garcella carrying the season so no erica's carrying the season no i would say carried a season no one's carried a season this much since like Teresa at when she was out of jail or whatever like it's all about erica so Mm -hmm. yes let's clear um clear but i i do not think that erica knew i do not think erica knew about Mm. the shady stuff going on with her husband because it doesn't make sense why would he tell his wife 
that he's defrauding millions of it doesn't make sense however i think at this point i do think that her divorcing tom was a complete sham and was i think she was taking instructions from tom you've got to divorce me we've got to hide assets this is all allegedly by the way yeah um but i do think that she she's she's listening to her powerful husband who is surrounded by powerful attorneys that are used to scamming and scheming their way out of everything mm. and i think she's honestly just been along for the rides i do think a lot of the criticism that she's getting is deserved yeah i i don't know i have mixed feelings about it i think she's i think because we're used to seeing the persona she puts on with the you know pussy pop and boss bitch uh you know, doesn't give any fucks, and that that's a persona, that's a character that she's created, and I think the real Erica is a lot more scared and vulnerable, and a lot of these people, okay, so when people talk about, you know, the elites, the liberal elites or whatever that right. run the city, that's Tom and his people, like, those are, like, pulling the shots, like, I think- That's them. He was doing favors, I think, for like Gavin Newsom. There's all these things of him tied to all these like corrupt people. So this is like very powerful people. So you know, to expect Erica. And you think to- Erica's involved in that? No, she's out buying clothes. Yeah, and people are also what? a bit like, um, she married him for the money, and then when the the money dried up, she bounced. It's like, yes, and she's she's a hot younger woman. She's you're getting something out of it. He gets a hot a hot broad for his wife and right. she gets money. Of course she doesn't leave when the money runs out. People act like that's some bombshell. Okay. Like bitch, you would too. Like if you right. all that money, like stop. Um, and I just want to touch on this Garcelle thing. So you and I have mostly been on the same page with Garcelle. Yeah. We definitely Not were like- last season, which I love because you really, I think because you don't, you're not as hardcore of a fan of Beverly Hills. You're a bit more of like a casual viewer. You yeah. were not as emotionally invested like other people tend to get, where they are letting their biases really twist how they're seeing the Especially show. Especially so, not the last several seasons, I have not been as invested. Yeah, so I think that you saw that the way Garcelle was jabby at Kyle and coming for it was very one sided, and then it was giving me very much Carlton. Yeah, yeah, it was like, like you've come. She come came on the season with wanting to beef with with Kyle, mm. and That's Kyle was like, gave me. trying to defuse it a lot. Like Kyle put her on the spot a few times. Like, like there was one time I can't remember the exact verbiage, but uh, Kyle was like, "Wait, tell me how I did this," and like Garcelle didn't have anything. Like it didn't work. And then the one thing that Kyle did to her was call her out over the charity, and then Garcelle has not let it go, which um, she should have done. <laughs> Yeah, she should have called her out for it. It's also, I mean, that that frustrates me a lot because it really it's like a precedent of like, okay, so what? Garcelle can jab, 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 and then the one the one time you respond, then you're the bad guy and you're never going to let it go. It's like right, and Garcelle like, like when she called out when Dorit called her out, and then she blew up. Fuck yeah. you, fuck you, fuck you. Well, girl. She's just calling you on your shit. Like, and you can jab her, but she can't jab you. Now you have to like leave the table and be all a drama queen. That was a little overreaction in my opinion. Yeah. The, the, and like I like these- her so this season, by the way. I like her a lot better this season than last season, but it's she, she's giving me little weird vibes this okay this time. well i mentioned this earlier in the show in the intro but like i sent you the clip with the lonely love thing and i was like see bitch like this is what she does she doesn't just 
do this on like so on guys if you haven't seen this clip i'll just go over it again basically they're on the reel i think it is is loni love loni love is she a permanent co-host on that well, you I not, don't watch that show. Yeah, yeah no you're idea. not even. Yeah, you're not even that pop culture-ish. Um, well, I guess <laughs> she is. But basically, Garcelle started jabbing at her and tried to take a swipe at her because Lonnie like tried to call her on Facetime and Garcelle tried to make out like it was an issue. And Lonnie's like, "Hang on," and it gets like tense and awkward. And Lonnie's like, "Girl, like you don't have to pick up the phone. Like if you see the Facetime, no one's forcing you to pick up the phone." And Garcelle right. tried to make it like, "You don't know, I could have been in the shower or something." And it's like, "What are you doing? Like with these jabs?" And when I saw that, it actually has made me soften to Garcelle in the sense that before I felt like every single thing she's doing is calculated. Now, I do think she's very calculated, but seeing the, seeing the Lonnie Love clip, I'm like, there's also a part of Garcelle where she actually doesn't realize that she's doing this, mm-hmm. but she obviously, like, and we all do that. Like, sometimes right. we make a shady comment to a friend and we don't realize, and then we realize, oh, yeah, that could have come off shady. And so, I feel like that it's some of Garcelle's personality that she it's a personality trait. Yeah, it's a personality quirk. Yeah. That's what it is, yeah. And, but, yeah, the way that, oh, my God, I can't with the way people are just... I do making- think that Garcelle is capitalizing off of... um audience perception and the wave of how the audience feels the audience we are supposed to hate the fox force five yeah and so she has leaned into that more than i think she should well she's been baiting rinna repeatedly trying to get rinna into a fight and i said this last week but because rinna is such a veteran of the show and so smart rinna knows not to take that bait, so she diffuses it every time. And Kyle diffused it too at the beginning when Garcelle brought up the thing, because they know, like, we don't want to get- And the thing is, the elephant in the room is that the audience are going to perceive it as racism, which they're already making those illusions. If you have, especially an all-white cast and and one one black cast member, so- I think there's some of some of them are afraid to go up against Garcelle because oh. of that. And I know Garcelle that- knew that. Garcelle knew that because yeah. last season she actually joked, which is interesting. Garcelle last season when the early interviews before it had fully started airing and the audience were weighing in, Garcelle was like, I think they were a bit scared of Black Twitter because they didn't want Black Twitter going in on them. And, and they will. Black Twitter is. Well, they did. They did it to Kyle. uh, And then I think that's sort of why Garcelle brought it up and went with that angle of it was racism because she saw the feedback on Twitter. So, and you know what? This is actually a bigger question. This is controversial, but I'm going to ask you. Yeah. I don't know if mixed casts work, and it goes both ways, because when they put Kim Zolciak back on Atlanta, where she was the one cast member, racism, like, I don't think there's been one mixed Housewives show where in the recent era, because obviously things are more, like, sensitive now and people are reading into things, I don't think there's been one cast where it hasn't turned into race accusations. I'm going to say that with Kim Zolciak, it actually worked. And I say, not her last season, it didn't work. But for the majority of her time in the show, it worked because Kim was culturally black on the show. So it worked. It was organic. Like, she was the sister to people. Like, a lot of her friends are black. So she kind of fit into black culture. By the way, people listening, by the way, chose black, just FYI. So yeah. yeah. He's not a white gay saying she's yeah. a sister, okay? So, yes, continue. Yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> the girls will come after me. They've been coming after me on YouTube the last two weeks. 
don't come after me about that. But yeah, Kim fit that cultural stereotype. So it was good for her until her last season where the whole roaches comment and all that bullshit. But don't happened. you think it's also part of it's the climate? So we weren't as sensitive because yes. I feel like they really took something Kim did on that. So we're going way back now, but on that season where Kim got called a racist with the, they tried to say that Kim had said that racism doesn't exist and people lynched her for that. I mean, I shouldn't say it lynched. <laughs> <laughs> Keep that in, please. Yeah. People People witch hunted her for that. But what she was trying to say was that people weren't as sensitive and looking for these problems went back when we started the show because things weren't as PC and stuff. So now they were looking for that because I um I don't know, obviously I'm Australian, but I I didn't think that I – I think Kim was just being a bitch with showing the roaches with, with Nene. And didn't she yeah, try she to was. catch Nene with a parking spot too? Like, Well, she I, did. Yeah. She did. She, Nene was parking in a, in a handicapped parking spot. <laughs> and then Nene pulled the race thing out, which Nene exactly. likes to use that conveniently when it suits her. Because when they didn't ask her back on the show because she was just, like, so difficult, then suddenly they were racist. Well, she assaulted a, a production team. Member. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, she's a little the, difficult, yeah. A little yeah. difficult. And even through all of her bullshit over the years, they, they like, made her, like, one of their biggest names. So, she really had to push them to, it like, a point to really not ask her back. Right. And I mean, she made them a lot of money. So, I get why she was afforded so many opportunities. But you're right. She pulled the race card when it was convenient. So, all 12 seasons, they haven't been racist. But now that you're fired, now they're racist. Okay, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So I just with the um look, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't mix the cast because then that would yeah. be that would be racist to like then exclude someone. Go, oh look, we can't mix it. Sorry. So it's it's a little bit you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. I mean, I think one key to making it work better is to make sure that whoever you're integrating in, whether it's a white woman in a black cast or a black woman in a white cast, to try and find that they're actually friends with the group. Boom. That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's all they what, have to do is make sure it's an, an organic connection. It would be interesting, I think, to see if they would put a white woman on Potomac because I don't know the, the racial demographic there, but I heard that it is mostly white, like, around that area. Potomac is – it is supposed to be the new D.C. Because Potomac is not too far from there. Yeah. And so I think they're trying to – and I think – I don't know. I don't know if it's mostly white or mostly black, but I do know that there is a lot of rich black people in Potomac. I do know that. The black yeah. people that are in Potomac are rich. And the um, really rich the really rich ones probably don't want to do the housewives of Potomac. Oh, That's no. why you get, you know, Karen in Great Falls and Right. <laughs> you know, Mia right. and everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. The people they've got. I don't think I'm trying to think if any of those girls really have money. I think maybe like oh, who has the most money out of that cast? I would say um, Giselle and probably Karen. I think Karen's building wealth for herself at this point because she's sort of the star of the show. Remember, you've got to make millions to own millions, (laughs) which is true. To be taxed millions of dollars, you've got to actually make millions. So, you know, random. I don't think she's doing bad. <laughs> I mean, shout out to Karen for getting LaDame on HSN. I was very surprised, oh, yeah. but that's because mm-hmm. that's where you make the money. Like, if you can get the product, I mean, that's what, but 
A lot of people actually, though, are going to be taking a cut of Ladan because in the contract, oh, yeah. Bravo takes a cut now of whatever product you launch on there. Then there's the HSN cut. So, how much is Karen actually being? Fun fact: um, only Bethany Frankel and I believe Candy don't give Bravo cuts of their product. Yeah, yeah, I've they heard that they too. negotiate it really well. Everybody else, well, yeah. Can- Candy and Bethany are the two like boss business women of the. Fr- I mean, I are you a Candy fan? I fucking love oh, yeah. Candy. Yeah, love I, Candy. I'm obsessed. Like everything she does, I just like have so much respect for her. And I um I get upset when I sometimes there'll be something that'll come out some like negative tea about her, and I actually like I don't want to hear it because like I admire her so much. I'm like, please don't ruin the image that I have of Candy. Right. Like I can't I think take she's it. Great. I think she's great. Uh, I don't care. I know. Okay, so um, girl, oh my god, we talked about housewives for a lot. This is <gasps> like this is gonna be a long. Uh, this is a I'm, this is a housewife. Pi- I haven't even yeah. got to my Trisha. Pagan I know we cover haven't story. Got to, <laughs> we haven't got to Trisha and Nicki Minaj yet. Um, okay, look, let's get into this Trisha Paytas stuff yeah. because this is uh, this is a lot. Okay, so it's a lot. Um, Trisha's in it again, and. Uh, where do we? There's multiple components to this because there's this stuff with Trisha. Okay, so there's this stuff with Trisha and her teacher, and then there's also this thing about Moses stealthing, aka sexual assault. Moses is her fiance, who is the brother of Ella, who is married to Ethan, who does the Frenemies podcast that Trisha used to be a part of. So <laughs> my my understanding of this, okay, and then you can explain this, is that on a previous episode of Frenemies, when Frenemies was still going on, that Trisha had kind of claimed that she was molested by a teacher at school, and then she repeated the story on other social media platforms and actually identified him. I can't remember if she identified him on the Frenemies or on the TikTok or something, but he was identified at some point. Oh, yes. And then just recently, people started cross-checking it, and they realised that some of the details that... Trisha had given didn't check out. So then there was this question mark of, well, did Trisha make this up? Then Ethan comes out. He takes the episode down. He puts out a statement saying, look, I believe Trisha, but until this is sorted out, I don't want to have this episode up. And then everyone started mobbing Trisha going, well, you've lied about being assaulted. Then Trisha's having like an insane meltdown and at the same time as this is happening some girl comes out that used to date moses and says that he stealthed her which means that you're having sex with someone and they secretly take the condom off so they can you know bust in you and that's in nine states in the u.s that is rape yeah that's considered rape legally yeah and so then there's a rape accusation and then so trisha loses it she's hysterical um and then she's begging everyone to leave her alone. Uh, and then Ethan and Ela like came out, and they leaked what's. And then they basically t- they t- took the girls' side against Moses. Right? I mean, is this they right? Did. Is this correct so far? This is this is one hundred percent correct so far. One hundred percent. You got it right somehow. It's a long uh, story, but it's it's correct. Okay, I. Okay, f- first of all, um, I don't know. I've. I have, like, I'm so mixed about this because I find Ethan and Ella so calculated as well. Oh, yeah. Like, they're, they're so full of shit. And-, and I told you in the last podcast, yeah. I told you that Ethan was not, like, a, you know, 
innocent person in this. Oh, we both said that. We were both yeah. like, look, because we both said that Frenemies were bullies, like, because they oh, were. Yeah. They, they that were. Was the, that was the bully podcast. I can't believe that was, like, the top the top podcast on, like, YouTube when it was just two people People bullying. loved it. People loved people bullying others. Yeah, but then they act, yeah. And Trisha's sort of owned, like, Trisha's actually owned it since then, because I've seen her say, um, I'll never talk badly about people again, but that's very typical of someone like a Trisha is that when things aren't going well for them, they're all soft and remorseful, and I'm sorry I was an asshole. and then once they get the power back, they're yeah, a tyrant. Yeah, she's, she's the Ramona of YouTube. She <laughs> is crazy, psychopathic, does horrible, rude things to people, and just apologizes for them every time. Stop doing the shit that's getting you in trouble. But she makes herself a victim all the time. Ramona doesn't do that. Trisha sure. has this victim complex. And sure. I actually find Trisha kind of triggering because I was watching Trisha the other day with her meltdown and, like, I won't even go into any details because I don't even want anyone to know who this is. But, like, I've had Trishas in my life before and they're so- oh, really? I mean, we all have, I think, equivalents of that and- just yeah. crazy people that will paint, like, lie and just make up insane narratives in their head and they're unstable and they can go public and you sort of are, like, walking on eggshells of, like, I really hope, you know, the Trisha doesn't come after me because they're insane. And when I see Trisha, I think of, like, people that I've met that have, you know, Trisha qualities. And- I actually have never met anyone like that. It oh, feels lucky so- you like out of this world that someone can be such a liar such a perpetual victim at the same time by the way and still like function in society like that's strange strange to me it's a it's a personality disorder it's like narcissistic personality disorder and other things um and then i know that keemstar also he's a big youtube villain he leaked a message from moses where it looked like i think the message was basically that like Moses is just some clout chaser, and he wanted to, like, knock up some famous chick to get child support or something. Did you wow. see this? I didn't see I didn't see that. Oh. It was a Facebook message, and came, uh, Mo- look, Moses might have been joking, but he was joking about knocking someone up and then getting, like, the child support from it or something, and chasing clout and everything. So, they're exposing Moses. Now, have you seen that someone came out? I saw this on that stupid tea spill channel. Some- some girl came out from Trisha's school and kind of actually confirmed some of Trisha's story and that maybe Trisha had just misspoke because she just talks a lot instead of lying. Do you okay, do you think that Trisha was lying in her thing when she talked about the teacher or do you think she just talks a lot and maybe she got some details wrong but the essence I is think true? that Trisha is the queen of embellishing she will take a grain of truth and turn it into a five-course pasta meal. Like, that's what she does. I think she, maybe she, maybe that that teacher assaulted somebody else. And she co-opted that story for herself. Maybe that's what it happened. I don't know. Um, what I do know is that I never believe Trisha 100% with anything that she says. Um, but there could be a kernel of truth. A kernel. Well, I was thinking, though, one thing is that the teacher, obviously, they've been doxxed. I don't know their name, but they've been doxxed on TikTok or something. Uh, 
the fact that the teachers, well, the teacher is dead now, by the way. So teacher's the teacher's dead, dead. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the fact the family haven't sued for defamation, I'm like, wait, so maybe this teacher does have some kind of alleged, I don't know, possibly, because why wouldn't they sue? Because that's a huge platform for enemies well, and stuff. Well, because suing someone, it takes a lot of work and a lot of money. So you have to make sure that when you're going to sue somebody that you're going to win, number one. Mm-hmm. Because this the teacher's family, they, they may not have a lot of money. Like, Trisha is a multimillionaire. Like she, but surely some crooked ambulance-chasing lawyer that loves doing these high-profile cases would yeah. take them on. You know what I mean? Like, and go, look, I'll yeah. take you on and get the press from it. Because that would get a lot of, cl- you know, a lot of clicks. But it's scary. And you have to remember, too, that these are normal people. And mm. so, normal people don't always want the spotlight either. Like, do yeah. you really want to be in a public court case against Trisha Paytas, I know I wouldn't want to be. <laughs> yeah, especially involving this, like, that's going to taunt, then that, that could make your family look like they're exactly. sexual assaulters or something. And they, yeah. I mean, we know how these things go. You get dragged to the mud, everyone's collateral damage. Some people don't want to deal with it. So, I don't really, I don't know. Well, you know, it's also, uh, so Trisha's had a lot of stories about uh, being assaulted, about having this happen to her and that happen to her, and it definitely throws light on so many of the – because she loves to wheel that out as the victim and, like, I was a prostitute and, you know, this happened to me and that happened to me and, you know, maybe it did. Uh, but now it's like you, you're going to give it more of a side eye. She is the boy who, call, who cried wolf. She's the boy that cried wolf. One um, thing that- – I don't know. When okay, when Ethan and Ella they leaked these messages, their own messages for, and then pe- she tried to slam them for leaking the messages. Like, girl, Trisha, you leaked their messages when you fell out with frenemies, so you did it first. But and they told her it was not a public conversation. Yeah, they made that clear right at the start. They go, "This is not at private job, conversation." This yeah, is they not said public. this. No, they said this is not private. They said this yeah, could. Yeah, not this is yeah. And uh, okay, one thing the way they were. <laughs> The way they were responding in those messages about siding with the girl against Moses, that to me felt very, we're doing that because that's for our fan base, because they have this very kind of woke, younger fan base that are, their fan base is the um, sort of, like, believe or, like, believe any claim of assault or gender or this believe or that. Believe all so, women. Yeah, believe all women, believe all um, identities. Like, it, fucking, even when T-Spill, by the way, when they were covering the Trisha Paytas thing, they were using her uh, non-binary they-them pronouns. I'm like, stop. Like, I couldn't understand I the story. We know she's not non-binary, okay? Um, but, yeah, when they were doing that and they were space throwing like moses is ila's brother so for her to so publicly believe this random woman that came and maybe it is true but i mean to go that hard against your own brother and that was i think because they wanted to look politically correct like in front of their fans i think it's a combination of those two i think they wanted to look good in front of their friends but they also wanted to really highlight trisha as a hypocrite because she also pushes that narrative. Believe all women. I am a victim of sexual assault. Believe all women. So that's, I think that was the biggest reason. They wanted to catch Trisha in a catch-22, in a a lie, and say, well, you stand on the principle of believe all women. You're not believing this woman now? I think that was the biggest reason. But I think also they wanted to satisfy their fan base too. Yeah, yeah, I, that's that's a good reading on that. By the way, Trisha never should have gone woke because 
she protected herself a lot with her problematic image because she was like HRH. Like, HRH can get away with saying whatever the fuck she wants at this point because she's established the ground rules of what her brand is. And then that was Trisha before. And then when Trisha got in with the H3 and then they started appealing to this, like, like this woke Gen Z crowd and then suddenly Trisha's non-binary and then she's calling out people for uh, microaggressions and slut shaming and all of it. Now that she's done all that, now people are just throwing it back at her. Like, well, you're with Moses who has been accused of stealthing. So are you still going to marry him? Right. Um, They're just, they're just pathetic. But you know, with Trisha, like anyone else, if this happened, you'd be like, they're cancelled. But I mean, Trisha doesn't get cancelled. Like, this She'll be is. Fine. She probably, <laughs> like, on some level, she's loving this. Like, as bad, yep. as negative as this is, it's put all the attention back on her. And it is incredible how she consistently can center the narrative around herself for this long. You know what I mean? Like, even after. I will say, she did lose her skincare collab. Um, oh, okay. I want to ask you about this because you have you used it? Have you used the line or you reviewed oh, the God, line? No, <laughs> I no. So I'm going to promo myself for a second here, but I do have yep. a YouTube channel and I have cover um, skincare topics like skincare. I'm a drama channel, but for skincare. So I covered Trisha's um, launch of the skincare line a long time ago, and I knew from the jump it was a hot mess because allegedly the CEO of this company is very shady. She has no professional um, backing in terms of performing skincare procedures or formulating products. So I knew this was going to be a shit show from the very get-go. And they allegedly have customers that have had chemical burns from the products. Oh, okay. So this is like, it's it's a shit show. Trisha has nothing to do with this brand or this company. She's just putting her face on So it's like a licensing deal, right? It's a white label. They call it white labeling. I remember, okay, when she announced this, I think it was like Trisha's magic elixir or something. And this kind of came out right as Frenemies. She obviously had this in the works before Frenemies ended. Right. But I guess that the goal was you're going to plug it on Frenemies and make all this money selling this this stupid skincare collab. Because all the YouTubers do that. They have their, you know, oh, their yeah. palettes and their this and their that. And I remember looking it up because I'm just sort of interested in celebrity products. And mm-hmm. I... Went on the website and I, uh, yeah, first of all, it wasn't like her own thing. It was, so, it was like a partnership with this brand that was already existing. And then mm-hmm. when I went on this site, yeah, the brand had like heaps of celebrity, cl- like so many, like this really long list of, and it was yeah. a lot of, lot of like urban celebrities, like um, a lot of black celebrities. And so I was like, why is Trisha then partnering with them? Cause it looked, I don't, that was weird to me because I'm like, this doesn't look like Trisha's demo. Uh, And it looked like, yeah, a celebrity just comes on and it'll be, I don't know, I can't remember any of who any of them were, but I remember being surprised, like, wait, this person has skincare and they just um, (laughs) put put their name on it and then they, you know, they they flog it to their fans or whatever. So is this, is the line gone now? It's 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 gone. So I just came up with a video two days ago. Um, exposing the fact that when you go to the Glow Enhancement Skin website, that you get a 404 page, which means that you cannot actually shop for any of Trisha's skincare products anymore. Do you think that it was, do you think it was pulled for being like this allegedly, but like just do you, do you think it was pulled for being faulty or do you think it was pulled because Trisha's like 
the scandal that she's in now is so problematic. They're like, we don't want to be associated with this. So in my video, I release some now deleted receipts um, showing that on Ethan's subreddit, the H3H3 Reddit subreddit, there was a concerted effort by his fans to contact Trisha's sponsors and to get her removed from her sponsorships. Now, I know that people love Ethan and he's he's my king. He's my God and all this shit. But like there was a concerted effort. Maybe he didn't endorse it. He did delete the post. But once it's posted, it's it's there. And so I think that it was the teenage um, white boys that love Ethan that were calling up, you know, glow enhancement skin saying cancel Trisha, cancel Trisha. That's what I think pushed it over the edge. Yeah, that makes sense. I, yeah. uh, I'm, yeah, just with H3. Look, I'll dip into their stuff sometimes for a little yeah. bit. Like, sometimes it still pops up on my recommended thing. But yeah, I just, I liked what H, I liked when H3 was, was less PC, kind of like back right. in the day and less calculated. Um, but I checked that right before we recorded this, I just checked their page. Fuck, that podcast is huge because they have- So, the H3 podcast specifically, I'm not sure what the H3- Because they've got, like, multiple pages. But just the H3 podcast alone has 3 million subs, but the videos are getting all over a million. So, that's a really high engagement rate. That's, like, a third of your audience are engaged, which for YouTube is- Massive. Massive. Because you'll have people on YouTube that have like like beauty people that have, might have like 12 million followers, but the videos are getting 400K or something right. or 1 million. So, him getting over 1 million per video per- And some of the podcasts are two, three hours and they've oh, got yeah. that level of views is- um, I'll be interested to see what his watch time is, but- Trisha really fucked up. She fucked the bag up when she, you know, got fired from Frenemies. She really did because they were making a shit ton of money. Like, yeah. Well, that also shows, um, like, looking back at it, I can't remember what our take on it was at the time, if she imploded it on purpose or- but I don't think it was on purpose now because it's just you have a personality disorder and you can't help but destroy everything in your path because I've dealt with Trishas in my life and that's what they do. There's They cannot not destroy things. So- because, uh, yeah, if you just wanted to make money, you would have just sat there and played along and kept- Because right. imagine- I mean, imagine how much extra money they would have had by at this point, like by now. I'm pretty sure that we did the calculations in the last podcast. So, guys, if you have not listened to that podcast episode, go back and listen to the end of The Frenemies. Because um, I think I broke down how much money they were making approximately, and they were making so much money from each video. I mean, just yeah. unbelievable and- amounts. You know, it's worked out perfectly for Ethan because it's kind of like they never let- Because Frenemies went out when it was peaking, it never got to the point where Frenemies, like, jumped the shark when people were like, oh, Frenemies used to be so good and now it sucks. And he then got to go back to his own brand with this whole new fan base and it kind of made him feel, like, fresh and interesting. Um, Right, right. Whereas then if you think if they had stayed doing Frenemies, like, maybe- Trisha was getting, like, worse and worse as it went on. Because I liked a few of the early Frenemies episodes, and then when it just turned into a bully podcast where every week, um, you know, they just tried to cancel, like, David Dobrik or something for yeah. three hours, I'm like, okay, I'm enough. There's only um, so much time it takes until you turn back into who you really are. And I think Trisha, over the time of Frenemies, slowly reverted back to her true, ugly self. 
Yeah. Well, you know, you and I at least never bought the the new makeover from her because I even when I was watching it, I'm like, I can't believe people are buying this with Trisha and they think she's like changed and she's this new person. Like it's the yep. amount of people that fell for that. And then when it all went down, I'm like, hello, like, are you that fucking dumb? Like, it's that so you embarrassing, it? actually. Yeah. Like, <laughs> okay. It's, it's um, actually embarrassing to be a Trisha fan from the Frenemies podcast. That is so embarrassing. I know, like cringe. Like at least be a fan from before, so you know that she's right. You, yeah, that you, you know you what she's mess. about. If you love mess, that's fine. You can love mess, but don't become a fan of Trisha after like six months of her, like you know, having a makeover. It's yeah. Crazy. Um. Okay. So I want to talk to wrap this up. I want to talk about the Nicki Minaj vaccine drama now. Before we even get into this, let me just give a disclaimer. We're both. I've had one shot of the vax. I'm getting my other shot in. I don't know a week or so. You were vaccinated very early. Um, as soon you were as like possible. One of the, yeah, you I was nervous. I was. I was really fucking nervous though, because I've never gotten a vaccine since I was like a teenager. So I was very nervous. I my partner had to convince me. Um, I was very hesitant at first, but then I was just like, just do it. <laughs> and how long ago was that now? Because, bitch, that shit's wearing off now if you've seen the latest data. You've got to have to get a um, Biden booster soon, sis. Girl, I'm not doing <laughs> any Biden boosters. I can tell you that much. I can tell you that much. Um, it was a long time ago, though. It was like when it first came out. Okay, I mean, but watch. I am only 30, so I had to wait until it got to my age group. Yeah. Um, but you got it pretty early. I got I- it as early as I could. Yeah, so you're vaccinated. I'm going to be vaccinated. We generally recommend people get vaccinated, um, you know, especially the original, like, not talking about the boosters. But so, yeah, if we say anything that's, like, in support of Nicki Minaj, we're not endorsing anti-vax, just to be clear. I've been ranting about some of the lockdowns and stuff, but we do recommend people get vaccinated. I convinced a friend recently that she should get vaccinated. She was very on the fence about it. Yeah. And she and I are both very sceptical about a lot of stuff around it, but I was like, look, at this point, like the risk calculation, it's better you get vaccinated. And she has underlining health conditions too. So I was like, it's safe for you to get the vax. So we think people should be vaxxed. So, um, yeah, just to be clear. It's it's a very nuanced topic though. I, my personal opinion is that everyone should get vaccinated, but I also have different principles that that say that I think that people should have autonomy over their body. So I definitely support people getting the vaccine. I think everyone should get the vaccine. I think the data proves that you should get the vaccine. I just call me crazy. I don't think people should be forced to take it. Yeah, well, you and I are both, this is where we definitely align, because sometimes we differ on some of the vax stuff, but we're both totally against the mandates. And you're like very libertarian. like um, Very much so. Yeah, I remember you didn't even like the squad with the um the eviction moratorium thing. You were like, "Get these squatters out of my house!" So yeah, that's a whole listen. That's <laughs> yeah, a whole other story. I'm actually a landlord, and that's a whole other fucking story. But I'm ready for them to leave. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but we're both we're both against the mandates. But um. Okay, so Nikki, uh, obviously she tweeted out this thing. I don't need to go over the the friend's cousin's balls. I mean, we all know that story, right? But she she basically said she was going to get the vax eventually. She hadn't got it right. yet. She said, I'm doing my own research. And then what really caught fire was when she said my cousin's friend's testicles were swollen from the vax. Now, before we get into this, do you 
actually like Nikki because I do not. I think she's I think she's such a horrible person. Like removing this fax thing. Yeah. I think she is mean. I think she's delusional. I think that um I mean and talk about problematic. Brother's a pedophile. I think isn't a baby daddy a rapist or something? Or Allegedly, a murderer? yes he is. Allegedly it's rapist or murderer or something. Rapist. Like probably both. <laughs> yeah, I mean there's there's a lot of stuff about Nikki and she's just she's just mean. Like she's just not like even whenever she beefs with people as well. Like I was Team Cardi. Were you Team Cardi in that? I was Team Cardi, I was. Yeah. So I I listen, I love Nikki's music. I talented. also love Azealia Banks. You know I'm a, the biggest yeah. Azealia Banks fan. So I can I love a problematic person. Um so I love Nikki's music, but I don't go up for her because she really does surround herself with some disgusting human beings. Yeah. And conspiracy theory coming up right now. I think that Nikki's tweet, that original tweet that got the whole situation kicked off, was a publicity stunt to take away from her baby daddy's charges, the rape charges. Oh, that's Swear to God. But- I don't think that, though, because then I feel like, right, so when she came out with this, the whole, you know, entire mainstream media, a.k.a. the vaccine industrial complex, came out against her. And I feel like you're opening yourself up because they will go low. Like, they will bring up your, you know, they'll bring up any dirt they can find to throw on you to to smear you if you kind of are going against those narratives. And, look, I want to get into the Joy Reid of it all because Joy Joy Reid was really – the, I mean, a lot of people came out against Nikki, but Joy Reid really copped Nikki's wrath. Nikki bodied Joy Reid, as she should have. Um, so, first oh. of all, she brought up Joy Reid's... I mean, okay, I'm getting all over the place, but what Joy Reid did was she went on air and she was like, sister, she tried to do this, you're my sister, I'm so disappointed in you with your large platform, how could you put this misinformation out there? And, okay, first of all, Joy Reid is the queen of misinformation, like, you want to talk about someone getting paid to, I mean, she's paid as her job to spread misinformation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, straight up, like, biggest hack, um... Nikki called her a few names. I don't think I can repeat them. She called her an uncle to me, and she called her the C word, not cunt, the other C word. <laughs> um, deserve. All deserve, yeah, by the way. Called her. I mean, I think you could call anyone that that is anyone that takes a job at MSNBC is, you know, selling out to, to you know, to like power structures and, and doing the of course, beating of, 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 of elites. And um, so Joy Ree came with this whole like, phony i'm so disappointed in you and nikki first of all brought up um joy reed if you guys don't know years ago not yeah a few years ago she had these old blog posts resurfaced yeah, don't even say that, years ago like a very long time ago. yeah yeah it was, yeah, it was like yesterday that, but- yeah it was because it, it was still during like russiagate and everything going right. on so it was still during trump's presidency i think and um and there were these homophobic blog posts that she did, and I can't remember what they said. I can't remember how severe they were or not. But instead of Joy Reid copying to it, she lied. She said that Russia, because she's a big Russia gator with the the Russia conspiracies, she said Russia hacked her um, her computer or something, and then they had to go do this whole like forensic investigation into it to see. Like she was really kept the lie going, and then of course, like nothing turned up. And then Joy Reid was like, "Look, I don't remember writing them, but." 
the fact is that the investigation has not turned up evidence of hacking. So, and like, she just would not cop to it. Um, and then the fact that MSNBC kept her on the air, which look, I don't think it's that big of a deal that you had some old homophobic fucking tweets or blog posts or whatever. Like we all Who grow hasn't? up. We, yeah, we all have honey, but to the way that she lied about and got away with lying so blatantly and the MSNBC still stood behind her. And we also but know that because M- MSNBC is built to lie they yeah. they actually are okay with lies 100 percent. and uh anyone else like if it was someone else like whatever say it was like some conservative uh i'm trying to think of one of the fox the, the fox ladies um i fucking Megan judge kelly. yeah i don't know yeah even megan kelly or like fucking judge janine or whatever came up with not judge janine <laughs> <laughs> Judge <laughs> needs homophobic blog posts. MSNBC would have a field day. Like <laughs> they would be calling for them to be fired. I mean, do, do, MSNBC they always come after Tucker Carlson, don't they? Tucker needs to be fired because oh, yeah, he was time. racist or whatever. So it's like girl, you hold everyone else to these standards, and your own person on air is doing this shit, and you cover up the lie. And then also, what Nikki outed with Joy Reid was that during Trump's presidency, Joy Reid was like, "We can't trust the FDA." Like, um, if, you know, even, you know, because of Trump and all of this stuff. So then for her to flip flop and suddenly going, trust the FDA, trust the CDC, trust the science right. when you go, you didn't trust it when Trump was in. So that just shows you're a partisan hack. So, and again, that was like two years ago. Yeah, that was, that was not that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> so come on, Joy, come on. Nikki roasted her, and I absolutely loved that. The next person she destroyed, which I was also Team Nikki on this. So this okay, journalist came out of the woodwork trying to track down the 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 cousin's friend, and some <laughs> journalist from this place, the Guardian Trinidad. I don't think it's the Guardian that we. It's some different. It's called, but it's called the Guardian in Trinidad. Um, they found Nikki's cousin and were spamming the cousin on WhatsApp with requests, you know, for comment on the story. But what this journalist did, which no one is reporting this part of it in the media because they have their narrative that they're putting out against Nikki right now. Let me read the quote because this is a threat, basically. Um, The journalist said, CNN is in the country looking for you. And when they find you, they won't hesitate to reveal where you live or where your girlfriend lives. Anything and anyone who is tied to you. If you speak to me, we won't reveal those details. So you're threatening them. Like you're saying, if you don't talk to me, you're going to be doxxed and outed in front of the world your girlfriend will your family so that's awful that's so awful it's by the way journalists do this shit all the time this is i journalists are just scumbags honestly they do this they'll do anything to get a story like awful they're filthy you know people think that it's changed since the days of like you know the the sun paper in the uk when tabloid journals are hiding in bins to get pictures of people no they're still trash like they just yeah. do different methods uh and then nikki talks to the journalist so nikki posted the went on her instagram posted the screenshots of the whatsapp uh with the person's phone number and full name and then the media outlet uh, this fucking Guardian place, they went on air and they put out some statement like, um, our journalist is receiving death threats and we're doing everything we can to protect her. And I'm like, fuck off. Like, you should fire your reporter for I know. threatening people. Yeah, how are you? I was watching the statement thinking, oh, okay, they're going to say one of our journalists acted inappropriately and we're right. and taking she's been them- let go. 
Yeah, she's or she's being like, even if she's not let go, she's being reprimanded or something. But no, they went out and played the victim and acted like, oh, Nikki's coming after us, and we were just doing our job trying to get a story. Like, and Nikki did what the reporter threatened to do. <laughs> exactly. Period. So come on. And Nikki had a okay. So Nikki's been coming out. Nikki said a lot, right? <laughs> Nikki's been doing Instagram lives, but she had. A point when she said that what the media did with her is they really did cherry pick these tweets because they definitely took the most inflammatory of her tweets and then they didn't include the tweets where she said that people should get vaxxed or she said she's probably going to get vaxxed. They took the cousin's balls and the other one so they could fully paint her as an anti-vaxxer and they just like mobbed her, don't you think? Oh, 100%. You know, when... And I don't want to seem like I'm like a hater of the left, but I am kind of the hater of the left. I hate the right too, but what the left does in terms of the media is when you disagree with them about something, they just totally twist the narrative. Now, all of a sudden, Nikki is some far right anti-vaxxer. No, she's a liberal. She believes in healthcare for everybody. I mean, she has all these things that makes her a stereotypical liberal celebrity. She just happens to be hesitant about the vaccine, which is perfectly okay. (laughs) Well, my thing with this, right, with Nikki is that, look, what she said, was it factually true? No, I don't think so. I mean, I don't think she was lying. I think she got, I don't know. But look, what she said, I don't think it was factually true, but it was, there was a lot of emotional truth to it, which is that people have questions about the vaccine, whether you're a celebrity or you're just anyone a lot of them are minorities people of color that's what brown people black people yep and if your goal is like okay we want to get people vaccinated we want to get you know at risk we want to get minorities vaccinated like you don't come on like joy reed and scold them and wag your finger or um fucking like colbert whoever the media and talk down to people and condescend to them or paint them out as a right winger you go even if as ridiculous as nikki's tweets are you have to understand that that she was giving a voice to a lot of people that are hesitant about it. And a lot of her fans, like, girl, I went on Nikki's, uh, one of her IG lives. The comments yep. were like, it's the mark of the beast. Um, we're not doing, you know, uh, we're not interfering with what God gave us. Like, that was like a lot of, the, like, those were her fans, like her barbs. So, mm-hmm. if you want to reach them, really, one, you don't, like, start attacking Nikki and misrepresenting her, too. Like, painting, you know, the most bad faith attack. You should just- It's frustrating. Educate. But, yeah, educate. Go, look, we hear you. We hear the concerns. And we understand why you're concerned because historically you've been excluded from healthcare and that there have been things with the facts. But what you need to understand is that according to this data that you will have, like, you do it like that. But the way that they approached it and went against her and dogpiled her, it's like, well, no wonder people feel like they can't ask questions. And then Nikki coming out and going, why am I being attacked for asking a question? Like, she is right and that she speaks for a lot of people that feel like that. And it doesn't even just have to be about, like, with me, I'm vaxxed, but I've definitely lately I've been having a lot of questions, not about the, mm-hmm. so much about the vax specifically, but more about the lockdowns and some of the methods. And the like, media. I yeah, mean, that's the, the biggest issue is the media. The media and the censorship and everything. So there was a lot of emotional truth to what Nikki said. Now, one thing that was funny is that 
since Nikki came out with this, you now have all of it's like the dirtbag leftists and the right wingers are all suddenly like barbs now, like Nikki fans, and it's like, okay, come on, like we don't need to like become like we don't need to join the barbs, like to no, you acknowledge don't. that she had a good point. And what she some of what she said was fucking stupid as well. Like, of course. <laughs> I mean, listen, the- Nikki Minaj is not like some you know, genius person that you should be listening to for medical advice. No one is saying that, but she's asking legitimate questions. And I do want to touch on the point that you brought up kind of a little bit earlier is that like black people historically in the U.S. have not been treated as fairly in terms of medical wellness and medical practices. So it's natural that people of color are even more hesitant than other populations. And I think that she is really speaking for a lot of other black women specifically for being hesitant. And I think that's okay. Oh, absolutely. And it really was, it could have been a really good opportunity for people to educate on that matter, to use the Nicki Minaj thing. And, but instead they just, and they just come out with the blanket terms as well of like, you're not a doctor, trust the science and stuff. And so again, condescending like that is not going to convince people. Like, you can do a much better job. And, um, yeah, and you know what? What they've done now, the way that they've actually treated her about this, and by the way, Nikki has... Nikki has a victim complex too, but like she is one of the biggest victim complexes ever. Even when she came out with the Chun Li record, which I love, she was like, you know, they make me the bad guy because she thinks that constant. Anytime she, well, gets you are the bad guy. Most yeah, she of the time, is. A, you are the bad she, guy. She, yes, exactly. <laughs> Most saying. of the time, she, she is a bad guy, but she thinks anytime she's called on anything that there's a conspiracy to take her down. So she's playing into that again with this, even though this she kind of is like right in this instance. <laughs> but well, um, a broken clock is right twice a day, so she's yeah. right this time. She is. And the way that the media are treating her and people are treating her, making fun of her and making fun of anyone that has questions, making fun of, you know, people of color that do. By the way, they thought they could get away with it by having Joy Reid as a black yeah. woman come out and be the that one to intent- tell her off. That was, an- that was no mistake, by the way. Yeah, that was no mistake. But I mean, Joy Reid bit off more than she could chew. But mm-hmm. What they've done now, they're going to drive Nikki over to the right wing. Like, she already retweeted Tucker Carlson. She's. I would not be shocked if Nikki and Candace Owens end up in some kind of collaboration coming up now. Well, first off, I don't think she knows who Tucker Carlson is. I think (laughs) she she saw the clip and was like, oh, he made a lot of sense and retweeted him. I think people are reading way too into that part. I think she just retweeted someone who got a lot of retweets. And she said, oh, this white man is actually right. And people think that she's a far-right person because she's retweeting him. But the the thing is, though, if she does have all of the MSNBCs and everyone condescending and talking shit to her, and then she has Tucker Carlson and Candace Owens being nice to her, she's going to go over to that side now. So, oh, yeah. How, and then that's more of an anti-vax side then. So, that's not going to... It's not going to do the cause. That if your cause is that you want more people vaccinated, you're going to end up putting her over with, I mean, not that Tucker is vaccinated and everything, but they push anti-vax right. rhetoric and mm-hmm. stuff. So you're going to like actually probably create more. It's counterproductive, but that's, yeah. I mean, liberals do that. All, they're always counterproductive. <laughs> they're all, like, they <laughs> are always counterproductive to what their actual goals are, which is why they don't typically succeed in the policies that they push. In my well, opinion. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> and I mean, there's so much to that. And also, okay, the way that people have come out about her. So, did you see that the like health minister of um, 
of Trinidad came out and was like, we have no record of the um, of these swollen balls and Nikki wasted so much time. And I'm like, that's actually bullshit. You didn't, they acted like um, Nikki had like held up the, the, the government in Trinidad and stuff because of this. And it's like, it's actually not that hard for you to get, like what two government workers to make a few phone calls to find out if her friend's cousin had swollen balls. Like she didn't hold up the fucking government and waste all this, but they come out with their like pearl clutching and we had to investigate this because of Nicki Minaj's misinformation. It's like, come on. Girl, there's not that much going on down in Trinidad. (laughs) If you really want to get to the T. So, I mean, come on. Well, also they, someone pointed this out to me by the, I am, this is, I haven't researched this myself properly. So I'm just saying what someone said, like Nikki, but um, they got like the Chinese vaccine or something. They didn't get the, the same vaccine that other places are getting. They got their one from, so they could have had a dodgy Chinese vaccine that is making some people's balls swollen. So, hey, who knows? <laughs> you got to watch out with the Chinese products. You know, you got to say with people trying to say, look, I don't, I th- I'm sure that the I look. I'm going on record. I don't think the vaccine made his balls swollen, but I do have to say that just because you don't have a record of it doesn't mean that it didn't happen. Because how would you know if his balls were swollen or not? If one, you don't know who the friend is. Two, he may not have reported it. He may have had the swollen balls and told Nikki. So he may have not gone to the hospital at all. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So you don't know if his balls were were dumb. But yeah, I think we should be able to ask questions, Nikki. And I'm glad that. I think it is kind of good as well with Nikki coming out with this because then people can start saying, hey, we're not allowed to ask questions because there's been a lot of flip-flopping and lies through this whole pandemic of like to the lock, you know, about lockdowns. And I mean, Fauci's been busted lying. Um, we've got the whole lab leak situation. We have all these other components to it. Um, and we're not allowed to ask questions. The about reason it. people have questions is because the government has been inconsistent in their data and their their mandates and their opinions. And when they assert one thing and then that thing does not happen, it makes you think, well, can I, again, the boy who cried wolf. When you lie so much or you get things wrong so often, people start to question when you assert things. It's it's that simple to me. Yeah. And Nikki, like I've been going on some Joe Rogan rants recently, but, um, like defending him because I think they mm-hmm. they kind of tried to do a similar thing to Rogan that they did to Nikki, uh, and they're really fortunate that they have the platforms and the fan bases they do to not get cancelled. Like they're kind of uncancelable, and yeah. they can come out here and go fuck you, Joy Reid, fuck you, you know, some suing CNN, whatever they want to say. And I'm going to keep talking about, you know, ivermectin or my vaccine hesitancy and stuff. But the average person doesn't have that luxury, you know. That's I mean, why it's good it's- to see people that are impervious. It's really good to see them stand up for others mm-hmm. because they have the money, they have the privilege, they have the resources, and they have the fan base where they can be criticized and not be canceled. They're not going to lose their job because of their yeah. opinions. I mean, here in Australia with our lockdowns and everything, like, girl, you can't, you can't even say anything here. It's crazy. Um, and, so sorry, you know, by the way, that's, oh, it's so archaic and draconian. I'm so, and you know what? I'm actually, so I'm moving soon. I'm moving back to my hometown. And oh, you made the this, decision. Yeah. I, you told I'm me you like, were kind of struggling with it before I went what to do. Yeah. And I think actually, I think you told me to stay, but I, I can't remember if you told me to stay. Yeah. But I'm just I like, whatever. 
I'm, yeah, but I'm moving back, but I'm actually so pissed off because I have to quarantine for like two weeks or something and we're trying to figure it out. And it's not even out of the state. It's the same state. I'm just going from Sydney to like a town, like a few mm-hmm. hours away. And I may have to quarantine for like two fucking weeks just to, I'm not even around anyone. Like I'm not in any like dangerous spots. Like there's not even that many cases. I mean, the cases, the cases are rising, which is funny because the we're more vaccinated than ever and the cases keep and you're in a lockdown. <laughs> yes, and we're in a fucking thought? lockdown. Yeah, apparently the yeah, I thought the lockdowns worked. I guess not. Um, and maybe I'll join the barbs protesting. There were twelve barbs protested out the front of the CDC. <laughs> Did you see the footage of them, girl? <laughs> they were like, um, "We're not taking the vaccine." <laughs> they were like, "Nikki was right. He spoke the truth." Oh my um, god. Look, we're <laughs> wrapping up. Thank you so much for coming on. This was a lot of fun. I always love talking to you. Uh, tell the girls where they can find you. I know you're at a few different places. So, you can find me in most places um, at that show. That's T-H-A-T underscore C-H-O. I have a YouTube, Twitter. I'm sure you'll put my bio link in the description of this podcast yes, episode. I will. Um, but I'm doing the YouTube thing. I'm always on Instagram. Send me a DM. Send me some tea. I love chit-chatting with people. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Definitely check out his uh, his YouTube channel for, like, skincare stuff and everything. It's fun. That's it for this week, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure you follow me on Instagram and Twitter at UnpopularJP. Sign up on Patreon, patreon.com slash UnpopularJP. I will be back next week. And, yeah, I hope you guys have a great week. Bye.